Welcome to Outreach Church. Thanks for checking out this week's message. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit outreachchurch.net for downloads and service information. Uh, I just want to, let's, we did this first service. I really felt like the Lord asked to do this. Um, we're still passing the baskets, it's okay. But I just want to stand and just welcome the Holy Spirit before I get started. Um, so if you would, if you'd stand and, and if you pray in the spirit, just pray in the spirit and just, just invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I, I thank you that you are our best friend, that you say that we can have relationship with you that's beyond even in the natural we can have with other people. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to come into this room right now. We invite your presence, God. I invite your presence, Holy Spirit. I invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you to greater measure in this place, Jesus. We ask you to come, Lord, like, like you in a new way, like you never have before. Come like you did on Pentecost. Come and touch our hearts, God. Touch our minds. And I really feel like I, I heard the Lord say this this morning that there, there's a there's a fire that's burning in the church that's breaking off everything that doesn't need to be. I believe that God is moving in a way that he's preparing the church for, for, a, for a mighty outpouring. But like Zach said, it's already here. And I feel like he's preparing us in a way that the things that hold us back have to go. That the, the fire of God is what refines us. It defines us. It marks us for who we are. It marks us for where we're going. And it marks us for who we're about to become. And so I ask God that the fire of God would just rest in this place it would rest in our houses. It would rest in our hearts. And that we would be people that, that like John Wesley said, that, that we would light ourselves on fire, God, and, and we'd let the whole world watch us burn. That, that we would be the burning ones. That we'd be the ones like in Acts when it says, it was it not these men that turned the world upside down. I ask, God, that you would set us ablaze like never before. That the fire of the Holy Ghost would rest upon us and, and, and consecrate us like never before. And I ask, Lord, that we would make the decisions to carry the holy, precious fire of God, the Spirit of God, that the rivers of living water would flow out of us, that, that, that we would not be a lake dammed up. We would be a river overflowing with the presence and the Spirit of God, that we would actually be like Moses that says, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, we won't go. If your presence doesn't go with us, we won't go. And I thank you that we're not like the prophets of old that have to beg for it not to leave. But you never leave us. You never forsake us. You're always with us, but there's always more. And so I thank you for that in this house. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're doing in my life and in so many people's lives, everyone's life in this room, God. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Wayman, I'm glad you're here because you give me encouragement in the back. So it's always good, guys. I don't know if you've ever stood in front of people, but when you respond, it's a good thing. Uh, it just helps me be breathe sometimes. So just respond and have fun. We're in church. We're not in a library. Some people act like it is, but church should be a lot of fun. So, so I'm probably going to get to this, but I didn't in first service. <laughs> so um, 
I, I just I just feel like that that refining thing that I talked about that that fire that's refining and purifying people it, it was so strong I was up till 4:30 last night I got like two hours of sleep or something and it, it was good the Lord, I'm 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 energetic I feel fine the Lord kept me up and and it was just he kept going over this I really believe that the Lord is challenging us in our holiness and in our purity. I believe to see revival and to see all God wants to do in your life, the most important thing is to live a righteous life. And Jesus paid an incredibly high price for you to walk as he walked, to talk as he talked, and to do what he did. And I just believe that there's a challenge from heaven on the body of Christ today to step into a greater level of holiness, purity, and integrity. I, I just believe that Jesus came and he modeled a life that was so beyond what the world saw at the moment. He came and he brought a kingdom when the Roman Empire was fully ruling the Jewish people, and he brought a kingdom that was completely upside down. He brought a kingdom that said when the, when the Romans would look at the people and say, pay your taxes and we oppress you and we hold you down and we're over you and you serve us, Jesus came and said, I go low and I serve you. That the greatest of these, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you go low and you serve and I just believe that there is something that God's doing with the purity of people's hearts. And I really went after this in first service, and, and I'm going to do it again. I, I just believe if you're bound in anything, that there's freedom for you beyond what you could ever comprehend, wherever you could think, whatever you could imagine. And it's not just freedom from a sin to where you don't do it. It's actually freedom so powerful that you're not even tempted to do it. Do you, I mean, do you believe that? That, that if, you, if you believe that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead can only free you to where you actually don't sin but can't free you from your desire to actually do it, then that's a pretty poor spirit. You're believing a spirit that is pretty weak. And I believe that if the spirit of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of me, he gives me every ability in him to be free from even the temptation of sin. And I said this in first service, and, and I, I do want to hit it again. If, if there's anything hidden in your life, specifically uh, pornography or anything like that, I don't care if you're a man, a woman, a teenager, an old person, I'm telling you that there's freedom for you today. That there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but there is freedom beyond what you could ever imagine, think, or comprehend. And there, there's a consciousness that comes when you walk clean. There's a consciousness that comes when I wake up in the morning and I don't have skeletons in my closet or things that I'm afraid are going to get found out and I can truly walk in power. I can walk in the power of God. Why? Because I don't have a little voice and a little devil on my ears saying, remember that? Remember Tuesday? Remember when you did that? Remember all this? And your past is completely removed. The gospel of Jesus is this, that once you were this and now you're this. You're not a fixed-up version. You're not just something that, that Jesus just wanted to make better. He actually said you once were a goat, and now you're a sheep. I think that's the greatest miracle you could ever see in your entire life is when someone goes from a goat to a sheep. We've seen a lot of miracles. I know many of you have. But that one right there is pretty crazy if you think about it. That once you were a goat, and now you're a sheep. You follow a shepherd. And there's a freedom in Christ that not just removes your ability to sin, it removes your actual desire. 
And I feel like that specifically is something that people need to hear in the body of Christ. And there's a few people in the room that really need to hear that. And it's not just biting your lip and white knuckling it. It's Jesus died on a cross so that you don't even have the desire anymore to look or to do whatever it is that's bound you and held you captive. Holiness is not a game. The gospel is not a game. And I just challenge you, I challenge myself, where can we go with this gospel? Where can we go? You know, Peter, it said that Peter walked in the book of Acts and his shadow would pass over people and they would be healed. When I read that, it inspires me. When I read that, I say, I haven't seen that happen yet to my knowledge, but I can I don't believe it was just some anointing on his shadow. I believe it was the awareness of the Holy Spirit that was on his life. It was what he was focused on. And if you're focused on Jesus and you're praying, you're probably not focused on pornography. If you're focused on Jesus and you're praying, you're probably not grabbing that other drink that's going to send you off into oblivion. Come on. If you're focused on Jesus and you're prophesying, you're probably not going to look at the things you shouldn't look at. If you're focused on Jesus, Luke eleven thirty four 34 says this, if your eye is single, your whole body is flooded with light. Your entire being is flooded with light. But it says this, if that light is darkness, how dark is it inside? You can't be double-minded. There's no double-minded in Christ. There's no halfway in, halfway out. There's no I'm in on this side, I'm out on this side, I'm in when I'm around these people, and I'm out when I'm around these people. Come on. There's none of that in the gospel. There's Jesus says, come follow me. Give up everything and follow me. And if you follow me, I will make you something amazing. But it's your choice. And Jesus says, either you're with me or you're against me. Either you gather or you scatter. There's no both end. There's no in and out. There's no halfway. And I'm telling you, God is dealing with it. And he's bringing things into the light. And if there's a grace right now that if we deal with it and we choose freedom... I'm not saying choose it because you don't want to be found out. I'm saying choose freedom because Jesus paid a price for it to be gone. Your conscience to be clear. Your past to be as far as from the east is from the west. And there's someone in this room, I, I felt this earlier too. We need to grasp this idea that our past is gone. We really need to understand, especially in the church, and, and maybe the charismatic world, that there's nothing I need to go back to and fix. There's not some broken Dylan that's dug up in the grace that I need to go dig his arm up, put a bandage on it so I can fix my arm. No, he's dead. He's gone. He's dead. You're not that. And if we would actually believe that gospel, if we would actually say, and, and, and people have such a hard time to say, is it that easy? Is it, it can't be. Yes, it is. Why? Because it's the too good to be true news. It's the good news of Jesus. It's something that's beyond what you can comprehend. It's the gospel of Jesus. And it says, my past has no voice. That little voice I was talking about, well, remember this, remember that, remember this, has no place. So you walk into a room and what do you carry? Light. How do you carry the presence of God? Your heart is tender and your conscience is clear. You're focused on the holiness of Jesus. And I believe that God is actually challenging the bride of Christ, not just to a place of I don't do these sins, but to a place of what are the good things in my life that I have to give up? What are the, what are the good things that aren't bad, but maybe they just take too much time? 
Maybe they just confuse me. Maybe I'm watching the show and my dream life isn't as vibrant as it once was. Maybe my dream life is being consumed by what I'm watching or what I'm listening to. I'm telling you, there's something on. God is calling us higher. He's calling us to be holy people. If you want to move in power in God, the first place you go is purity. The first place you step is purity. If you want to prophesy accurately, seek God for his heart. Seek God on what it is to look like Jesus. Jesus was the perfect man. He is our example. He had no blemish. And he became sin who knew no sin, so we might become the righteousness of God. And the world is looking around for a hope. The world around you is looking for a light in a dark place. And the only way you can do that is if you choose into the purity and the righteousness of God that he bestowed upon you. And I, I'm telling you, I had, a friend, I had a message today that was about being a faithful friend. It's a great message. I'll share it at some point. But I was up till 4.30 last night, and the Lord was just on me about this. The freedom of Christ, the freedom in God, the place that he's given you that you can't even comprehend. But there's a place in God where, like I said before, it's not just about not doing it. I don't even want to do it. And you don't have to go back and sit with a counselor and try to figure out where your dad was when something bad happened. I'm just being honest with you. I, I remember the first time I encountered a ministry that kind of was doing the theophostic thing. I was probably 17 years old. I was sitting in a room. There was a bunch of kids. If you don't know what that is, it's just it's a ministry that, that um, sometimes will, will try to fix the old man <laughs> to heal the new man. And it just isn't the gospel, just to be honest. And, and, and I was sitting in the room, and, and they were doing the whole thing with a bunch of people. It wasn't just me. That I didn't know it was going to happen. And I stood up in the back. I was like, man, this is so strange. There was something in it. I was like, something is off here. Why do I need to deal with the dead man? I'm not going to go talk to a dead man. That's necromancing. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's that's what Saul did. I mean, that's that's what Saul did to call up Samuel. I'm not going to go call up. That's how much the gospel is real. You were, you are not them. You don't need to figure out where Jesus was when you were four years old and your dad didn't show up. I'll tell you where he was. He was seated on Christ, interceding on your behalf, and the Lamb of God was speaking a word that was greater than anything that could ever happen to you. And you say, "Well, is it that easy?" Yeah, it's that simple. The gospel is simple. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's a challenging gospel. Jesus challenges me. Jesus challenges me to keep this pure. Jesus challenges me when I lay down at night to recognize what is going on inside of my heart. When I see that picture of someone that did me wrong, what comes up in my heart? And guess who's the only one who can deal with it? We have to take responsibility for our walk with Jesus. And I feel like the church in and of itself has indoctrinated all this philosophy and this, the way of the world, and we love to put our responsibilities on everybody else but us. 
And we don't realize that Jesus said all the responsibility is on you and all you have to do is follow me. He says, responsibility is on you. Follow me. Then the responsibility is on me. I'll make you something. I'll change you. Get alone with me. Get transformed by me. And I'll make you something great. And I just believe in this room. I believe that there's a greater level of freedom for many of us in this room. There's always more. I want to get that grit in our belly. I want to get, the, you know, we read, we read in, you know, magazines and things like that about Fortune 500 uh, CEOs. Man, they worked so hard. They went after this. They were driven. They were goal-driven. Where is that in the church? Where is that grit in the church that says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to go after God with everything within me. Because that's what he's looking for. He's looking for one person that will sell everything to follow him. That'll say, no matter what happens, love is greater. No matter what's going on, love wins. No matter what happens in front of me, I found a better way, and it's the way of love. And I'm selling everything I got. I'm going all in, all my chips, all of them, every single one, to follow this man, Jesus. We like basketball players, NFL players. One of my favorites, Kobe Bryant, he had this mentality, right? They talked about the mama mentality. Where's that in the church? Where's the idea that I'm going to lay my life down with such aggression and such tenacity that if one blip of anger comes up in my heart, I throw it out. It's not okay. I just, I just think God is calling us to a higher place. I think he's always called us to a high place. But it was so burning on me. I was up till 4.30 in the morning just rolling through this, this idea of this, this incredible calling of following Jesus. And what does he say? He said, any man who will give up brother, sister, mother, father in this life, in the next life will re- receive a hundredfold and in this life to come. There's always a promise for giving up your life to follow Jesus. But you don't go to him for the, for the promise. You go to him for him. You go to him because he's calling you to a place of incredible character, incredible integrity, incredible purity. Is there someone in the room? I'm, I'm just curious. Is there someone in the room um, that that's, has a child that's going through a divorce? Is there anyone that, that, that would say they do? Like they have, a, they have a child or a daughter or son that's going through marital problems. If not, it's okay. I just wanted to see if there was. No one? Okay. Awesome. If there is and, and you, you, you want to come up afterwards, it's okay. But I just, I heard that earlier and I felt like I should step out on it. So... But, but God is calling us to a place that, that isn't like the world. And it's a holy place. It's a place where our past has no voice, a place where sin has no, no foothold. You know, Jesus says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and life abundantly. I believe if you give the enemy an inch, he, doesn't, he wants more than that. He'll kill you. 
I mean, let's be honest. Like, he's not playing games, so we shouldn't either. You know, I meet people, I have friends who are missionaries over the world, and in their life, they toe this line, man, where it's, it's life or death. And they live in such a holy, consecrated way that we have to live that way here. We have to begin to live that way in a country where our lives aren't at danger for our faith. Because they see the Lord move and they see God do things that, to be honest with you, I don't see on a daily basis the way they do. But they toe a line that's far stricter than I. And I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about love. I'm not talking about just doing something to check a box and to to fulfill the law like the Pharisees. I'm talking about doing something because you're so lovesick for Jesus that, again, you found a better way. Love is a better way than anger. Love is a better way than depression. Love is a better way than sadness. Love is a better way than lust. Love is a better way than drunkenness. Love is better. And the world is hungry and thirsty for an encounter with love. It's crying out. It says in Romans that all of creation cries out for the sons of God to be revealed. What if we drew a line in the sand and said, I'm going to be a son of God and I'm going to be revealed. That when nobody's looking, I'm going to act like a son of God. When no one's around, I'm going to look like a son of God. When everybody's around, I'm going to look like a son of God. I'm going to be integrous. I'm going to have character. I'm going to be powerful in God. I don't know how much time I have. There's no timer, so I'm, I'm just kind of going. I don't know why. I hope it's okay. I know it's challenging. It challenges me. I lay in my bed, and sometimes God speaks to me. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing a very good job. But I am. He's always encouraging. And I hope this is encouraging for you. There's no condemnation in it. I hope you hear my heart when I say this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm just saying, let's do this thing. Let's do it. Let, let's fight the good fight. Let's run the good race. Let's finish well. And I, I know many of you in this room. I talk to so many of you, and y'all are doing it, man. I'm telling you, I am so encouraged by some of the stories I hear. The stories of, of, of women who, who, who are at their workplace, and they, they realize, you know, this guy who doesn't know the Lord is, 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 is all in this mess, and he's, he's trying to mess with, with this girl. And she's like, look, I love him. I want to be his friend. But for his sake, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make myself uncomfortable and go work on the other side of the building. And I'm still going to love him and be his friend. But there's, there's some kind of integrity that people walk with that people want to see. They want to see it because it's foreign to them. And I'm probably rambling, and I'll close up with this. You know, Jesus... There's no one like Jesus. (laughs) That's the understatement of the world, right? There's no one like Jesus. And he he doesn't call us to ordinary. He calls us to the impossible. And it's impossible to be holy without Jesus. It's impossible to be free without Jesus. 
It's impossible to do this life right without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to walk in power without the Father. It's impossible, but he calls you to that. He calls us to the magnificent. He calls us to something incredible. He calls us to beyond what we could ever think, imagine, or know. He calls us to be free in every way. And, he, and he, he came down. If you think about what we believe, right? God became a human being, came on the earth, walked around for 30 years, 33, died, was raised from the dead, and now because of his sacrifice, we're right with God. If you think about that, though, it's like, wow, <laughs> that's pretty outlandish. But it's the gospel. You can't believe it without faith. It's the gospel. It has to be supernatural. And in Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How do you have peace with God? Through Jesus. You know, when, when I talked about that clean conscious thing, it's never Jesus that's saying you can't come to me. It's never Jesus that's saying you can't be with me. It's never the Father that's saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy right now. You need to go get yourself straight. But when we have a conscience that's aware of sin, it's our own mind that condemns us. The Bible talks about our own heart condemning us. So it's not me working my way to God. God's always there. But what I'm talking about today is keeping this clean, keeping this clean. What comes out of my mouth comes from here. What do I let in my eyes? What do I let in my ears? What do I do with my hands? What? Every little thing, what is it? Here's a great litmus test. If I can't invite the Holy Spirit into what I'm doing, I'm not going to do it. Period. If I can't invite him into it, I probably shouldn't do it. I don't want to see us bound. And neither does Jesus, obviously. He paid a mighty price to set us free, to make us right with him and right standing and peace with God. Colossians says we've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the light of his son. What if we chose to walk in the light? We, 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 Jesus says a narrow road. It's narrow. The way to death is broad, and many people find it. But this road right here is narrow. What if we just chose to say, I'm walking the narrow road? I'm walking a way that nobody can sway me, move me left or right. And I'm keeping this soft. I'm keeping my heart tender. I had two weeks ago, I had a moment with God where I realized that my heart to be honest with you, had grown hard in a little bit. There wasn't um, sin, but it was, 
I wasn't believing God fully for certain areas of my life. I'm just being real with you. And I realized, oh no, my heart. I lost faith in those areas. I let my heart grow hard. And I let myself be condemned. And what does Jesus do? He grabs me by the face like he did Peter. Peter fell to his knees after after he calls him to be his disciple. Peter falls to his knees and says, depart from me, Jesus. I'm an unrighteous man. I'm a sinner. And I always picture Jesus kneeling down and grabbing his face and saying, Peter, you're exactly who I want. I'll take that. I'll take a heart that says, you know what? I keep messing up, but I want to be right. He'll take that. Rather than somebody who's just running off and quoting Jesus, but living however they want to live. He'll take it. He'll take a messy heart. He'll take Peter who makes a bunch of mistakes. But guess what? When Jesus was raised from the dead and he wasn't in the grave, it says that John, John's writing the book and it says uh, John was faster than Peter. But guess what it says? It says Peter went straight into the tomb. He wasn't stopping. He'll take that. It showed what was in Peter's heart, even in his mess. And then what? Peter grows up into a mighty, righteous man of God to where his shadow heals people. Because he walks in integrity and character and purity. He keeps his heart soft. He communes with God. Holy Spirit is his best friend. Make Holy Spirit your best friend. Make him your best friend. More than anybody, more than any human being, make him your best friend. And allow him to change your life. Commune with him. Talk with him. Laugh with him. Eat a meal with him. Make him. He is real. And make yourself know that. He's realer than the chair you're sitting on. He's realer than the air you breathe. And again, I had a completely different message But for whatever reason, I just wanted to share on this. The Lord wanted me to. And and I just want to, before we go, if you would be courageous. Because it takes courage to be set free. It's not a wimpy thing. It's not a fearful thing. Listen, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Is everyone in Christ in this room? If you're not, please raise your hand. I'd love to, he'd love to meet you. Because he's passionate about you. He pursues you more than you could ever think. He's been longing to be with you since you were, before you were on the earth. (laughs) He's madly in love with you. But when I was 18 years old, I was bound. I loved God with all my heart. And I was passionate about it, man. I, I, I still am. I would just go out and pray for sick. And I'd read my Bible. I didn't know what the heck I was reading. I was just like, I don't know what this is. But I was like, Peter, where you have the words of life. I don't understand them fully, but you got it. And I was bound up, though, and, and I, I was struggling with pornography. And, uh, and I looked myself in the mirror one day. <clears throat> I was crying. I mean, I was so tore up. And the Lord said, Dylan, you haven't received fully who you are in me. And so I, I did what I thought was right. 
And I laid down on my bathroom floor on my back. And I wept. I said, God, I receive who I am. I receive the price you paid. I received what you did for me on the cross. I received the blood of Jesus. I receive it because I don't want this in my life. If there's hidden stuff in your life, it's killing you. And you may not see it because everything around you okay, but I'm telling you the inside of your life is in turmoil. Sin leads to death, period. Nothing, nothing else, no gray area, no yes and but. No, I'm in, you know, I'm in Christ, but I'm dabbling in this. It leads to death, and you're giving the enemy a foothold. And Jesus looked at the devil, and he said what? The enemy has no place in me. So I said, God, I receive who I am in you. And he changed my life. And he can do it for you. So I'm just going to ask, in a safe place, in the family of God, where all of heaven and all of Outreach Church will cheer. And I'm not going to ask you what it is. And if someone responds, don't look around and try to figure it out. Is there anybody who's like, you know what? I'm not free in this area. Come on. Is there anybody who would say, thank you, bless you, bless you? Is there anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Would you guys come down? I'd love to just pray for you. Before I do, I, I watched a show Friday night about, it's a new Jesus show. And it, it, Jesus was the main focus, but it wasn't so much about Jesus. It was about, the first episode was about Mary Magdalene. And it was about, um, um, dang, who was the other person it was about? Well, it doesn't matter. Nicodemus, yeah, Nicodemus. And, uh, and it showed Mary Magdalene, and she, it actually showed her before she met Jesus. And it, she had this demonic moment. It was really, it was really powerful. And through the episode, she goes to the bar, and she's drinking. And you can tell, like, she's at the end of her life. She's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm, I'm ending it. You can tell she's, like, going to go kill herself. And obviously, it's not all Scripture. They just kind of made a story out of it. And she's sitting there drinking, and she's crying. And she's like, she looks around. She's like, I'm living in hell. And then this man walks up. He touches her hand, and she has the beer in her hand. He said, that's not for you. And then the demons start acting crazy, right? And she's like, I got to go. I got to get out. And she runs off, and Jesus follows her, and he says, Mary. And she drops. 
the glass. And she turns around and says, how do you know my name? And he, Jesus just says all this stuff. He's like, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And he grabs her face and he sets her completely free. I was like, what a great movie. That's Jesus. He doesn't matter where you've been, where you've gone, what you've done. It doesn't matter. What matters is what's ahead of you. And making a stand and saying, I'm not looking to the left or to the right. I'm standing in the righteousness of God and he is my goal. So, Father, I thank you for this courageous people. I thank you for this courageous man. God, that they have the courage to come forth and say, I am going to be free. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come like you always do. You always show up. You never said you were too busy, Jesus. You never turned anybody away. You never said, come back tomorrow. You never said, come back tomorrow. And I ask you, God, to do whatever their heart needs. To touch their heart however they need it. To see them free from even the temptation. From even the temptation. Even the temptation. And I just want to I just want to applaud you guys just for coming up. <laughs> it's the gospel. It's just the gospel. It's just who he is. He's that good. And if you didn't come up and you you were too scared, it's okay. Jesus will meet you in your seat. Just give him your heart. And he'll transform it. And he'll give you a conscience that's so clean that you can look anybody in the eyes. And you can say, I am a son or daughter of God. And there's no voice that has anything greater than that. And you choose to walk in purity and righteousness and holiness above everything else. So, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for today. I thank you for the ability to preach the good news of forgiveness and life in you. I thank you for what you're doing in the body of Christ, that you're calling us higher, you're calling us up, you're calling us deeper. I bless your name, God. I bless you, Jesus. I bless you. I, I say there's no one like you. God, there's no one I'd rather follow but you. There, there, there's no one I'd rather serve but you. There's no one I'd rather serve but you, Jesus. And even in my mistakes, even in my failures, I'm coming after you. We're coming after you. We're going to get a hold of you. We're going to grab the garment. We're going to follow our Messiah. We're going to follow our rabbi. 
It's his way is better, and love is greater. 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 The love of God is greater. It's greater than everything. It's greater than anything. It's greater than any person. It's greater. We're not backing down. What does it look like when you pursue somebody who's pursuing you? It's a head-on collision. Go get him. Go find him. And when you find him, find more. And when you find more, go get more. And become a student of Jesus. Our prayer team's going to be up here. Thanks for listening. I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> the most polished thing you've heard. But uh, our prayer team's coming up, and I just encourage you guys, go after him. What do you have to lose? Nothing. Nothing. The only thing you lose is nothing you were born to have in the first place. So we'll see you back next week. Bless you guys. Love you.